Hello, this is Bob. And I'm Nathan. And this is the Praying For You podcast. Uh, Previously, uh, it was uh, myself, Abigail, Nathan, and Samuel. Abigail's usually with me, but uh, Nathan is going to be with me uh, quite a bit in the future. And uh, as previously, we will continue to talk to people, do interviews, discuss what's going on with them in their ministry, talk about the importance of prayer in their life, things that they've learned in personal prayer, things they've learned in praying for others, all that kind of good stuff and things. And so we appreciate you being with us today. And we're going to look briefly at John chapter 17. We're going to look at uh, what we've been calling the high priestly prayer of Jesus. I didn't come up with that. There are many who refer to it as that. Others refer to this as the Lord's Prayer. Other people refer to the prayer found in the Sermon on the Mount as the Lord's Prayer. We call that one the model prayer, and this is the Lord's Prayer. But you know what? Those are all made-up terms and things, Nathan, so I don't want anybody to get upset. Um And so after we look at a a few verses of scripture, talk about prayer for a minute, then we will pray. Since the last time uh, we recorded, just a few days ago, we've had uh, several prayer requests come in from all over the planet, which is encouraging to know that, uh, first of all, people know that we pray and are praying for them, but that we are building bridges uh, across the planet, even though we have a small listening audience. Uh, we have people from all over who, uh, whom we love and love us and have asked us to pray for them. And we want to be faithful in doing that and in the process, uh, hopefully encourage others to be praying. And um, so anyway, with that being said, last time we were together, we were in John chapter 17 and we looked at verses one through three. And I, and I said that prayer is a partnership of fellowship. So we'll read that. And also, too, I want to put verses four and five with that, Nathan. I want to put that all together. So verses one through five, we're going to call that as prayer is a partnership of fellowship. And then we're going to look at verses six through eight. And uh, when we get into verses six through eight, I've titled that segment as well. But so in John chapter 17, I'm reading from the New King James begins with verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And now picking up verses 4 and 5, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Mm. A couple really neat uh, things there that is Jesus is praying. And again, and, and I'll stress this point and you'll get tired of hearing it. But when you understand someone's heart. Uh, to, to hear their prayer life, these, these moments of personal prayer, um, is, is a real reflection of somebody's heart, of where they're at in their spiritual life. You know, we, we kind of put on a public face if we're praying in public around a large group, things that way. It's just human nature. We, we guard our words. You know, we, we don't trust everybody, I don't think. There's things we just kind of don't let out. But in our personal prayer time, and I believe that this is what we are given insight into, is Jesus' personal prayer. 
uh, in our personal prayer time is, is a time for total honesty, a time for complete reflection, and a time to evaluate our spiritual life, our personal walk with the Lord, and what our fellowship looks like with Him. And here, as Jesus is praying, uh, He's talking about how He has already finished the work which He had been given to do. Um, he still has yet to go to the cross. He still has yet to get up and get out of the grave, but he knows it's going to happen. He knows he's going to be able to do it. He has the power to accomplish what he sets out to do. And, you know, to me, that's a direct reflection of faith, you know, that uh, he is sharing in his prayer the purpose that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit have resolved in in them as God. And so Jesus, in fulfilling God's purpose and in fulfilling God's plan, is speaking about a future event as though it's already fulfilled because in his own ability, in his own power, in his own sovereignty, in his own omnipotence, he knows that it's done, that it will be fulfilled. So, Nate, I'm, I'm going to throw a question at you. you. You and I didn't talk about this earlier, but knowing that Jesus prayed with such confidence, how do you think that should reflect in our personal life? How do you think that should reflect in your prayer time? Well, I understand because I've always struggled with understanding what humility is. But even in the scriptures, I mean, there's another verse. I can't remember the specific where it is in the Bible, but it says that we are high priests and that we can boldly approach the throne. And I've always thought like, what is it? Because I always thought like people get this idea of like humility and like groveling, but I don't think God wants us to grovel to him. He wants us to, to yes, to, to not allow pride to get in the way of our relationship with him. But I think it's also important to like, we have the right, to, literally the God-given right to boldly approach him in times of need or in times of uh, worship or even in times of grief. And that we should not have any, uh, rest not restrictions, but uh, apprehension uh, to do that. And I think a lot of people, when they pray, they get this I a warped idea of humility, and they may think, "Oh, I don't want to say this, I don't want to say that," or, and not because I well, I say people, but I say me, because I've struggled with that. But I'm I'm starting to get to the point to where no, I need to. It's okay to, to come to Christ like, hey, and just be real with him and honest. I think that's what God wants is just for us to be honest with him. Oh, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I think it's neat that you approached that from a different perspective than I would have is that, you know, when I think about the, the confidence that Jesus prayed with, that to me is a confidence that says that I know if God has instructed me to do it, mm -hmm. that it's already taken care of. Step out and get it done. But for you, recognizing the confidence in the way Jesus prayed, his relationship and fellowship, the, the, the communion of the Trinity, um, gives you the confidence of openness and approachability. And I, I think both of those are clearly exhibited here, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm in 100% agreement. I thank you for that insight. So as we're looking at prayer as a partnership of fellowship, um, as a result of that fellowship, we pray with confidence, not only confidence that God is going to keep his word and do what he says he's going to do, but we pray with confidence in our, the approachability of God that he wants us there. 
And uh, some of us, and I forget exactly who, I think Abigail was involved in the discussion, but, um, and, and we'll get into this as we look at other passages, but there are passages of scripture where Jesus talked about a fervency in prayer that, you know, to, 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 to come to him repeatedly uh, about things we're burdened with, but yet he also... He also said, don't pray as the heathens do, Mm -hmm. you know, don't use these vain repetition. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is we aren't, I've had people say, well, how can we approach God and not use vain repetition? We're not reciting the same words over and over and over again in an attempt to wear God down and change his mind. Mm -hmm. That was what the heathens, the pagans were doing. But yet, if we are concerned, if we're burdened, if something is on our heart, something's on our mind, that's the way we describe it, he wants to know, and he wants us to talk with him. Because in that communication, in that form of communication we call prayer, as we communicate with God, we talk about these things, talk through these things, and as we hear, we gain confidence Mm -hmm. that he's going to resolve it, and that he wants to hear about it. And so it's not about repeating the same words over and over and over again in an attempt to wear God down and to force him to do what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. It's bringing things to him that you're concerned about. And there are times, um, I was talking with a good friend of ours, and, and we'll mention him a little bit later and pray for him. Um, but he thanked me for praying for him and with him and... Uh, there were days when I was first made aware about some things that were going on in his life where I was waking up early. I was waking up in the middle of the night and just felt compelled to pray, felt compelled to pray, felt compelled to pray. And then one day I just was at peace and I still pray for him with others because they asked me to, we'll pray for him later because he's on our list. But as far as waking up in the middle of the night and feeling like I need to pray for him, I feel like God has already given me the confidence that his will has already been fulfilled. And even though people can't see it yet, it's done. Mm-hmm. And when I read this and in preparing to talk about this today, I um, began to understand a little bit clearer. You know, when when we are encouraged when we are given confidence that that God has heard us and he's resolved it um I think we move on to the next thing just walk on and trust you know in our prayer life we can just walk on to the next thing and that's what we're going to do right now too so we're wrapping up verses one through five prayer is a partnership of fellowship and now let's look at verses six through eight and uh, what I want to say about this is prayer focuses us on our mission and the father's provision So Jesus prayed this. He said, I have manifested your name through the men whom you have given me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I have come forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. This is like a sit rep. You ever heard that like in a movie or a TV show or something? Mm-hmm. Like it's a military term. Uh, term. It means um, situation report. Oh, okay. And so to me, this is like a sit rep from Jesus. It's a situation report where um, 
oh gosh, it was a TV show and a, a guy was given a, uh, uh, it was a, a reality show and um, they were trying to get some vehicles somewhere and so he stops, looks at the camera and says, sit rep, we're broke down, going nowhere and we don't have the resources or the means to fix the vehicle. So that was the situation that he was reporting about. And so here I, I see a sit rep from Jesus, the situation report, because he's talking about what he has accomplished, that he's focused and stayed on mission, and that mission was fulfilled through the provision of the Father. So look at what he says he accomplished. I have manifested your name. Uh, that word manifest, we talked about that before, it means to be made known, to reveal, to, to uh, help people understand. And God's name, his name, the name of Jesus as well, and we'll get into the, the names of Jesus because they reveal his, his purpose, they reveal his plan for us, uh, but to reveal his name is to, is to reveal his character. And, you know, Jesus said to know him is to know the Father. And so he's saying, I've done that. They know you, Father, because now they know me. And since he and the Father are one, to know Jesus is to know him. So I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. You know, that was a relatively small group of people back then. Um, you know, if, if we judged or gauged the earthly ministry of Jesus based on modern um, standards or um, metrics... Uh, I, I think most people in, in the religious world would say Jesus was an utter failure. You know, there were only 120 out, out of the thousands he preached to, the hundreds he healed, um, out of all the miracles that were performed and all the things that were done, on the day of Pentecost in the upper room to receive the Holy Spirit was 120. And if we were to take most modern metrics of success, I think people would say Jesus was a failure. But here, Jesus isn't saying that he's a failure. I mean, he's he's not talking at all about defeat. He's saying, I'm victorious. And because victory grew out of obedience. He's done what he was asked to do and required to do. And as he's praying, as he's given this situation report, the sit rep, he's saying, I did this. Um... So Nate, what do you what do you think when when I talk about the sit rep of Jesus, the situation report? Uh, do you agree that by most modern metrics of ministry that that people would use to to gauge Jesus, that most people would consider him a failure numerically? Um, probably, but also he wasn't just you know expanding necessarily the kingdom of God, which that's what he was, but he was starting a, re a new religion because before this there was Judaism. And now Christ saying, no, no longer have to be in the temple, but you are the temple and you come to me. I'm the way, the truth, and life. So he was starting a brand new thing. And the fact there's 120 people that accepted that, rat and for the time it was just a radical idea. I think he was super successful, you know? I mean, extremely successful. Because the mm -hmm. chances like, you know, if, if you looked at the culture of the day and then if some guy, some regular prophet, just try to bring, that wasn't Christ, just try to bring it, I don't think he would have been nearly as successful as Christ. 
Well, I, I, the thing is, though, that there were guys who were preaching. Oh, in the yeah, message. you're right. I was thinking, oh, yeah, John yeah. the Baptist. Well, but not only that, but there were other guys who were preaching a false message mm. that had led thousands of people astray and mm. led to rebellions. And uh, we talked um, earlier, and we'll, we can, we'll talk about this some other time, too, but in 70 AD, as a result of false prophets and Jewish preachers and teachers, the Jews rebelled against Rome, and thousands and thousands flocked to their banner mm. and ultimately were slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but I, I agree with you that when, you know, recognizing the radical nature of the message that Jesus taught, it was definitely the work of God in their lives for them to embrace it and be willing to die for that message. Mm-hmm. But yet, I think that even gauged by the the metric of of the of the Christ's day uh, i think there were a lot of people who initially would have said that he was a, a a failure yeah but then after the coming of the holy spirit peter preached and a lot of people began to put it together mm-hmm. and then there was a time where several thousand were saved in jerusalem um so Anyway, we, we see here this situation report where Jesus is talking about that he's revealed God and that He's that God has given them out of the world. And this is what he said, they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you, for I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth, that means he emanated from, you know, that he's, this is this is a, a claim to deity. You know, uh, Jesus, in, in several instances, claimed oneness with the Father, and that's the reason why they wanted to stone him, that's the reason why they wanted to crucify him. They mm-hmm. screamed, blasphemy, blasphemy, crucify, crucify. So this thing where people say that Jesus never claimed to be God is a, is, is a total lie. Um, and here he's, claiming uh, uh, a oneness with God. And he said that uh, I have come forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. So the situation is that he has accomplished everything the father set out for him. And even though the the task, the final tasks of crucifixion and then resurrection were still in the future, the understanding that Jesus was going to accomplish this because of who he is was there. And as he's communicating with the Father, he's talking about the things that they had purposed to accomplish as God. And so for me, uh, when I pray, when, I, when it's just me and God, and I'm worshiping Jesus, I'm communing through the Holy Spirit, I'm recognizing the provision of the Father, he is God. Mm-hmm. And as I pray, one of the things that, that encourages me is and focuses me is that my life has purpose, that there is a plan for me, you know, that I'm part, you and I were talking earlier about uh, a passage in um, Peter, where we're called the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, his purchased people. Um, we're called ambassadors. We have all of these different titles, and in these titles are uh, descriptors of who we are in Christ and what we're called to accomplish for him. And when we recognize that in these titles is a mission, 
you know, and we are called to fulfill that mission. We have our, we're, I've described it. People talk about uh, the end of Matthew where he says that, uh, uh, as you go, make disciples, teaching them all that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That we call that the Great Commission. But we are on a co-mission with Christ because we're commissioned to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And in that mission we've been given, uh, we've been granted focus and um, or should be focusing, I should say. So, folks, what I want to encourage you in is as you're praying. When, when you're getting alone with God and you go through passages of scripture that describe who you are, how you've been equipped and what you've been called to do, focus in on how you can share those things and use those things to see people changed. I mean, I, I think when we pray, um, yes, we need to bring our needs to the Lord. Yes. He wants to hear from us about the things that burden us. But we also need to celebrate victory. We need to worship. We need to reveal his glory back to him. And that is through a testimony of success. And like you were saying earlier, we're, we're not called to brag. But we're sure allowed to be in his presence. And when we're in his presence, I think one of the most important things we can do is to Reveal the sit rep of success. There you go. Jesus, we're doing this because we love you. It's with your power, by your provision. But Lord, in our obedience, this is what we're accomplishing for you. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Nate, thanks for uh, getting into Word with me. And Nathan and I will continue to discuss this, this chapter. Thank you so much for your insight, Nathan. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to get into some quick prayer requests. We're going to recap some that we've mentioned previously. And then uh, I'll pray for you, pray for yours, pray for us. Uh, remember, for prayer requests, uh, email address is prayingforyouandyours at gmail.com. Prayingforyouandyours at gmail. And uh, some of you who know us personally have been um, using WhatsApp. Those of you who are overseas, thank you for doing that. Others have been emailing them to us. Others have been texting. So, um, you know, the, the age we live in, uh, there's so many different ways to get information about all the great things that God is doing. And then also to understand what's happening around the world so that we can support and encourage one another. Um, prayer requests. There, there's, uh, I want to pray for a brother, Johnny. He is in Georgia. Uh, Brother Johnny is an older gentleman. He's been going through a lot of health issues. He's returning home from rehab, and there's a lot of circumstances around that. Uh, this dear brother over the years has raised literally hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Georgia Baptist Children's Home through collecting recyclable materials, aluminum cans, and things that way. And uh, he has a team of people that help him with this, but he's been spearheading this for decades, and they've been able to raise a lot of money in order to help uh, uh, young people. And I just think that ministry is amazing, and I praise the Lord for him. But within his family, his uh, son 
uh, uh, who's a little bit older than I am, uh, really needs strength and needs wisdom, how he can best be there to support his dad. Also, uh, the, the granddaughter of this gentleman who helps him quite a bit. She's recovering from surgery. Her husband has had some back issues. I think he had a slip disc. So there's a lot of things going on with this family in Georgia. So please remember them in prayer. Also, uh, in Central Florida, we have a prayer request for, uh, oh, this was for a cousin, but she uh, is having some difficulties in a pregnancy. So please be in prayer for her. Also from Central Florida, uh, a, a close family friend of ours, a pastor and his family, um, were up in the Northeast for ministry reasons and trying to catch up with family. We're coming back through Alabama. Their vehicle broke down. They've experienced some hardships. Um, for those of you who are anything like us, we don't really take vacations. We have ministry engagements or we have something we're doing, trying to catch up with family, and we kind of sightsee along the way. And uh, that's what this brother does. He's uh, known him since he was a, a small child, and he's one of my heroes, man. He's faithful to where God has called him, and he's been serving faithfully this this rural congregation, but he knows that's the, the people that God has in the ministry to, and so I appreciate him. So please remember this family and uh, the hardships they've incurred as a result of breakdown and things with their vehicle, and pray that they can refresh be renewed and get back to the, the, the ministry field that they've been called to. Also, there's a pastor and his congregation, his flock in Accra. Accra is the capital of Ghana. Um, I need to, uh, I'll have more details forthcoming, but let's be in prayer for this pastor and his wife. They are praying for children and uh, praying that uh, they will be able to have children as a couple. And so please pray for them and for his ministry in Accra. And we have someone who's requesting prayer in Ghana who wants God to be revealed in her and she can reveal him to others. She's Praying for the glory of God in her life, that, um, you know, strength, guidance, and I think that's a beautiful prayer request. You know, as, as we learn more about Jesus and as we grow more like him, then we become even a greater blessing to others, and then God's glory is revealed even more. And so I appreciate her prayer request and her heart in that prayer. Also, we have had a prayer request for a pastor in Kentucky. This is actually our family, the bowling side of the family's home church. And they are in Berea, Kentucky. And uh, pray for Pastor Ken from Liberty Avenue Baptist Church in Berea, Kentucky. Um, also, some of you who've been listening to our podcast may remember one from last year before we went to the Indian Reservation, before we went out to Pine Ridge, and we interviewed uh, Brother Bruce and Miss Marcia, uh, just some dear people to us who we've continued to minister with, work with. They're literally, I mean, I say literally, but they are part of the family. You know, we, we just consider them part of us now. And uh, anyway, Bruce has had... Uh, a couple of emergency surgeries, nothing life-threatening, but pain and difficulties, and he has so much going on. He's um, 70, if I'm not mistaken, 
but he's just full of energy for the Lord. He wants to serve, and he has all of these things that he and Miss Marcia are doing, and that has not been stopped, but it's been slowed down and some things altered, timetables reset as a result of uh, surgery to remove a diseased gallbladder, surgery on a broken leg, and he also has some uh, other upcoming health issues, or, or he has some up, he has some health issues and some more upcoming procedures and so as we gain insight for that let's pray for brother bruce and also you may remember chad those of you who listened to the interview chad is in central florida he's part of a pastoral team down there he's also involved in several other ministries and things overseas uh chad's a little brother to me and I appreciate him so much, and we pray for him faithfully, and we're asking you all to do that too. He has several decisions that need to be made. We're praying for open doors overseas. There are some things that uh, we feel the Lord is leading us to do together as well. And um, as I have details and as things come about, we will get into more specifics. So we have some uh, several prayer requests from Central Florida, some from Ghana, some from Georgia, some from Kentucky, and a few from Alabama. And so uh, just let's please be in prayer for one another, seeking the glory of the God, glory of God and his power revealed so that we can see people come to know him in faith. So Lord Jesus, uh, you've heard these prayer requests we have mentioned, and Lord, we are trusting you with them. Lord, thank you so much that you hear, that you understand, that you know. And Lord, even before we voice these prayer requests, even before we think about them, you are completely aware of them. But Lord, thank you that you wanna hear from us anyway. You want us to bring them to you. You want us to fellowship. You want us to share. And so, Jesus, just sitting here in your presence uh, is an amazing privilege and a pure joy. So, Lord, we do lift up this family in Georgia, the situation they're going through. We pray that uh, as Brother Johnny is uh, recovering and he's getting out of rehab, we pray for his protection. We pray for his strength, for his granddaughter's healing, for his son's strength for his granddaughter's husband and his back. We ask for healing there and Lord that uh, they can continue to serve and all the different ways they're serving, the different ministries that they're doing to honor you, Jesus. They need you to grant them guidance to, and to, to give them the ability to fulfill that. Father, we've asked for healing. We've asked for provision for others. Uh, this young pastor and his family, Lord, Thank you so much for his testimony of faithfulness. Thank you for his beautiful family. Thank you for his faithfulness to your word, as well as our pastor in Kentucky we're praying for today, and our pastor in Accra we're praying for. Lord, we're so grateful for these men who stand up and are counted as your people willing to share your truth. And Lord, thank you for the, the people who are part of their churches, part of their flock, the members, whatever the congregants, whatever people choose to term us who are Christians that serve and encourage alongside of people that we call pastors. Lord, um, thank you for the faithfulness of your saints in sharing your word and being counted in a world that is making that increasingly more difficult. And so, Lord, we lift these pastors to you, and we thank you for godly Bible teachers who lead small groups, whether we call them Sunday school, life groups, whatever we term them. 
Lord Jesus, it's just a chance for people to get together in your word. And we thank you for these teachers who love you, are passionate about your word, and are sharing it with others. So we pray for these pastors. We pray for healing where needed, for provision where needed, and Lord, continued wisdom. Lord, for the, the one who's requesting prayer about your glory, about who you are to be revealed in her life so that she can reveal you to others. Lord, thank you for the heart of that prayer, which is evangelism, which is meekness, which is all these different things, Lord God, wrapped up when we say, Jesus, reveal who you are in us. And Lord, we need your wisdom to know how best to do that. Um, sometimes we don't need to say anything. Sometimes we need to say a lot of things. And for people like me, Lord Jesus, it, it, sometimes it's difficult to know what to do and what to say. But thank you that you give wisdom and your word promises us that you desire to give wisdom. And we thank you for that promise. Lord, we lift our brother Bruce to you. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for ministry in the past, the ministry in the present. And thank you for how he and Marsha are continuing to serve together and are going to be serving in the future. And Lord, as we pray for healing for Bruce's body, we pray for strength for Marsha as she's tending to him. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for her faithfulness as his spouse and her faithfulness as your servant. And Lord, we pray that uh, you'll continue to use them mightily and we give you the glory for that. And Lord, for our brother Chad, uh, Lord, thank you so much for uh, all the things that he's doing. And Lord, um, uh, I look forward to a time to where we can get together with him in the future and talk again and interview him and have him to share in more detail about all that's going on. And Lord, I, I thank you for the doors that you're opening. Lord, that uh, even though COVID is still around and there's still things happening about that, but Lord, doors are opening up for service and we're getting opportunities to share you in locations that were uh, impossible just uh, a year or two ago. So, Lord, we say thank you for all of this. We love you. We celebrate you, Jesus. And it's in your name we lift this prayer to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't forget, if you have uh, any prayer requests, uh, email them to us at prayingforyouandyours at gmail.com. And this is the Praying For You podcast. Thanks for listening.